0: I'm Joffin, I'm the founder of uh, vibeapp.co and you're listening to the App Guy podcast.
1: The App Guy podcast straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to episode 466. It's uh, the App Guy podcast. I have a great interview lined up with you. It is Nathan Hirsch. Nathan Hirsch is the owner of two e-commerce companies. Actually, one of them has been built to the size of $8 million per year. We're going to learn a lot about his recent company, FreeUp.com. F-R-E-E-E, FreeUp.com. Great interview lined up. Now, before I uh, start with the interview with Nathan, there are three things I just want to mention. Uh, Firstly, Uh, I have had the really sad news that my uh, dad, uh, age 73, has passed away. And it was uh, at the end, uh, his whole family who loved him was around him. And uh, it's been uh, a bit tough uh, to get through um, the last few days. Uh, Suddenly, life without your dad, as you can imagine. And in the UK, of course, it's coming up to Father's Day, which is also doubly tough. Uh, But I wanted to acknowledge that uh, I always uh, loved him and I I never once had any uh, uh, conflict or any arguments. He was always there for me, very supportive, very dependable. And I love you dad very much. So, um, yeah, it's rather sad and um, I've learned a lot from my dad. I just wanted to sort of make an announcement about that. Um, So, uh, you know, there is a funeral for him if you are uh, in the UK and uh, you do happen to be uh, close to the funeral then you are very welcome to come it's an open invite uh, to celebrate the life of Daniel Kemp uh, that is going to be held uh, on Monday uh, this Monday uh, at uh, 3 p.m at ketching Cemetery Ketring Cemetery And uh, it's going to be on the 20th of June, Monday, the 20th of June. So uh, that is an open invite. And uh, you're very welcome to uh, anyone who listens to this and who knows me or just wants to pay their respects, uh, then you can do that. And also there are donations being made to uh, the Cynthia Spencer Hospice in Northampton. And uh, if you want details of how to make a donation to Cynthia Spencer Hospice, then let me know. So uh, thanks for listening to that. Now, the, uh, i uh better get on with this episode. Um, I, even though it's tough for me, uh, I do want to uh, continue with uh, sharing with you some great uh, episodes. So uh, I do have a terrific episode with Nathan Hirsch. And now, uh, um, before I do um, go into it, there are uh, two sponsors who I want to acknowledge uh, and actually who have been really, really supportive. Uh, I had a lovely message from uh, Toptal. Uh, my contact there and it just shows me what a great company these guys are these guys are. So uh, it is TopTal. TopTal are a network of the world's best developers and designers. I will be telling you more uh, about this uh, through the episode uh, but for now uh, you can find out how you access this uh, network of uh, the top 3% of developers and designers uh, by going to toptal.com forward/pool. A P-A-U-L, all lowercase, toptal.com forward slash Paul. And I uh, really do want to acknowledge that TopTail are an absolutely terrific company. And I certainly found that out from uh, a wonderful and uh, considerate uh, message that I've had. Uh, from my main contact nelson uh, who uh, was just so supportive during this hard time for me so thank you so much toptal uh, you really are awesome and i highly recommend that uh, anyone who is listening who needs access to a developer or designer uh, that they do go and check out that link toptal.com forward slash paul and also uh, a long running uh, sponsor gummy cube uh, that's g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e Uh, Gummycube.com. Gummycube are the world's best when it comes to app store optimization. And uh, they actually have uh, a statement on their homepage where you can see 63% of all apps are discovered by the app store. So you really need to get your app store optimization uh, sorted. And these guys pull mobile data from the app stores and and they don't use web search. It's all from the uh, app stores. Uh, which makes it much better. So that's GummyCube, G U M M I C U B E.com. And thanks very much to GummyCube for their continued support. So let's go and find out uh, what uh, I had to chat about with uh, Nathan Hirsch and uh, the wonderful journey that he's had with um, bootstrapping companies that have reached uh, in excess of $8 million per year. Thanks. Welcome to another ep- episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. This is the show that inspires you by getting uh, interviews with founders, with business owners and uh, to help you build your own business. Uh, now, today uh, I have got a great guest because we're going to learn a lot about uh, what he's doing with freeup.com. That's F R E E E up.com. Uh, his name is Nathan Hirsch. Uh, he is the owner and the founder of Freeup. So, Nathan, welcome to the App Guy podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, thanks for coming on. So, let's talk about what you're doing then. You're, you're basically uh, helping by providing uh, remote workers who, who do a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, can you talk through what FreeUp is doing?
0: Definitely. So there's a lot of websites out there where you can hire remote workers, find different freelancers or temporary contractors. Um, but a lot of my clients have had bad experiences hi, bad experiences hiring workers in the past, or they're hiring people for the first time, um, or they just don't have the time to go through and interview all these different applicants and make a good decision or a bad decision that sets them back. So What we developed was a hands-on approach to doing this. Our clients come to us, and they don't want to spend time on the front end, and they also want to have some kind of insurance on the back end. So on the front end, we do all the interviews ourselves. We get about 100 applicants a week. We have a strict interview process. We have guidelines and communi- communication guidelines from my past experience dealing with clients to make sure that when we give a worker to a client, they're good to go and that the worker, the client's going to have a good experience. And on the back end, we also protect our clients because our workers don't quit very often, but it is real life. It could happen. But So we have replacement workers ready to go. We cover all retraining costs if a worker ever leaves. And along that entire process from the time a worker is hired, trained, starts working. We're, we are, we're very hands-on. We're there to support the client, to get involved if there's any miscommunication. So we have a very hands-on approach to help businesses hire workers and expand their company.
1: So in, in a nutshell, I mean, I do think that everyone listening has probably heard of uh, Elance uh, or uh, Odesk, which is now Upwork. But you, you're better because if you don't want the... A headache of uh, doing all the interviews yourself, getting a hundred applicants yourself to have to sift through. Uh, we basically can go into your uh, site and then have trust that there's a thorough interview process. Uh, is that right?
0: Exactly. Um, and you can go on these different sites if you have time and post jobs and get all these applicants and go through them one by one. Or if you don't have the time, you can go to free up and sign up as a client and be like, Nate, I need this worker with this skills that can work these hours that has this background. Um, and we're usually pretty quick within 24 hours of getting you that worker from our team. So you can hit the ground running right away.
1: So let's talk about who's hiring you because we could have a lot of people listening who are potentially, uh, you know, suitable as clients for hiring you, what what types of companies uh, tend to hire you?
0: Sure. So our main focus originally was e-commerce just because that's my background. I run a Amazon store that does about five to eight million dollars sale in sales a year. I've been doing that for six years. So that's my personal background and kind of how we got started. Um, but I do have lots of clients that we've kind of expanded into different categories from real estate to random marketing companies to consulting companies to even lawyers. Um, and now we're kind of focusing on different targets, um, either developers, app developers, different companies that do very unique things and. So small niches um, that aren't the mainstream e-commerce.
1: Right. Okay. And I, I tell you what, that's, uh, since you've touched on your background there, that that is pretty phenomenal. $8 million in sales per year. How, how did you get that started?
0: Sure. So it's actually a funny story. When I was in college, Uh, about 20 years old. I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was my major. I really wanted to start my own company. I don't really like working for other people. I had different internships in the past. So I actually started off by selling books. I would go to the dumpster. Um, My grandfather would drive me to the dump and they had like these books that people were recycling or throwing away. So I would pick them up, sell them online, make a little bit of money. Um, I then got into selling textbooks from the, instead of people selling back to the bookstore at my college, they would go to me and I would have my dorm room just full of textbooks that I would buy back and then resell on Amazon. And it was all about timing. You would buy them at the end of the semester, hold on to them and resell them at the beginning of the next semester. So that kind of got me involved in amazon.com where I started contacting different vendors, different manufacturers to sell their products. And it kind of blew up out of nowhere. Um, Before I knew it, I was running a million dollar business out of my dorm room, hiring my friend making a lot of hiring decisions that were both good and bad, but also learning a lot. And as the business grew, I had that need for remote workers. Whenever you're an entrepreneur, you just run out of hours in the day. So a friend of mine turned me on to Upwork, or I think it was Odesk at the time, and I was determined to build this remote army of workers. So I ended up doing a lot of hiring, hiring over 50 different remote workers to do everything from customer care, data entry, and through that you go through a lot of growing pains. Anyone who's hired international workers for the first time knows that there's a communication gap. You might not know exactly what you're looking for, but that kind of gave me the idea to help other people get through that process a lot simpler because we spend a lot of time interviewing, a lot of time making good decisions, bad hires, um, whatever it was and really coming up with a foolproof process to vet workers and to make sure that people follow our communication guidelines, which is very similar to other clients' expectations. And a lot of people around the world don't have those same expectations. So we were able to lay it out clearly. So that's kind of how I got involved in becoming a hiring expert. Um, and now I'm really focused on freeup.com to help other businesses do the same thing. So,
1: so we have people listening who have made changes in their life, mate, and Uh, I'm thinking that there's actually probably a, a few people listening in a dorm room. But any advice to those listening who are tempted by your lifestyle? Is it worth it? You know, if they try to emulate, I guess, what you've done and the path you've chosen?
0: It's worth it if you like to work. It takes up a lot of hours. For me, it's a passion. I enjoy doing it. Um, but my advice would be to try a lot of different things. You never know what you're going to get into, what's going to stick, what you're going to think of in terms of a business idea. So do, try out a lot of different things. You have plenty of time when you're young. It's the time to take chances and take risks. And if you find something that you're passionate about that you would do rather do than a standard nine to five job, then it's absolutely worth it. Um, just be prepared for a lot of ups and downs and make sure that you're a emotionally stable and ready for the challenge.
1: I love that. That's great. So, uh, that, um, let's, let's then switch gears back to, um, the, uh, freeup.com, And uh, I think there's a lot of people listening who are a part of the Appster tribe who have had the same pains as I've had, where, where you do have people let you down. Uh, you, you get, uh, a lot of, um, you know, bad, uh, I guess, stuff, uh, through these, um, these companies, these uh, platforms, what, uh, what uh, should we be looking out for as, as a great person to work with? What sort of other questions to ask when, when appointing someone remotely?
0: Sure. So my biggest thing is I want to hire workaholics. I want people who love to work, who have a lot of free time to work, who are very passionate about my clients' businesses, who treat my clients' businesses as their own. Those are my target. If I find someone who has an extra five hours a week because they have another job and a large family that they have to provide for, and this is just a side gig... For me, that's not good enough. I want someone who's committed to whatever job they take and is really passionate about it and is looking to be there long-term and to help it grow along with the business owner.
1: Right. And you know, Nate, a lot of people, I guess, um, have uh, the ability to sort of so grow their own uh, network, their own personal branding. Uh, you've done a lot of stuff with marketing and growing successful companies. What can be we be doing Uh, through, say, social media and other outlets to grow our own personal brands, our own businesses uh, through content marketing.
0: Definitely. So whenever someone comes to me in looking for marketing, I recommend three different things. I recommend hiring a content writer because if you're like me and you have 100 things to do every week, um, you just run out of time to write content. And content is very important. You want to get your ideas, your opinions on paper so other people can read it, whether it's blog posts, guest blog posts, um, different PR stuff. So hiring someone who's a very good writer that can take your ideas and your notes and turn it into great content. Um, Then hiring a social media person, someone with a lot of experience running um, different Instagram, Facebook campaigns, advertising campaigns through them. And they kind of go hands in hand because the best kind of Facebook campaigns come with original content and not just articles copied from other places. And then the last thing is some type of lead generation person. This can almost be like your day-to-day VA, but they should have some kind of lead generation background. Um, That's actually how I found you by reaching out to different podcasts, different people in the industry, doing a lot of LinkedIn networking, um, and trying to get your name out there, trying to get your content out there and really just diversifying who you're contacting because I could spend all day email, sending different emails out and contact different people, but I just don't have time for that. So having someone do it on your behalf can really get give you a heads up.
1: Oh, right. Okay. And actually, the, the, the way you do it then is that the staff would tap into your email and send it as if it's a communication from yourself.
0: Exactly. And I'll make sure that I proofread any content or any emails that are representing me. Um, but at the same time, yes, that's how we do it.
1: This is great stuff because I, I guarantee there's a lot of people listening to this who uh, don't do this and try and do everything themselves. And, and that could be like a recipe for disaster in a way, because uh, what they're doing is that they're not allowing um, their focus on their own time. Exactly.
0: Um, And off of that, what I always recommend doing is writing down a list of everything you do on a week to week basis and everything that you want to do on a week to week basis and put it in priority from easiest to hardest and then also circle the things that you either enjoy doing or the things you're good at or the things that you can do better than everyone else and everything else on that list you should try to find someone better than you or try to find an assistant that can do it for you so you can focus on expanding your company with the things that you're good at with the things you specialize at and you can have assistants that help you do the other things and you'll find a lot of times that if you're Your background isn't social media, for example. If you hire a social media expert, you're going to get a lot more out of it than if you do it yourself.
1: Yeah, I've actually been, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, I've had the problem in the past of just having Google and YouTube and and thinking you can do it yourself because the information's there and and then trying to research it and spending lots and lots of time doing it. Uh, So I mean, what, we're, we're learning a, a huge amount from you. And uh, I guess this is a show for uh, app entrepreneurs, people in the mobile space. Uh, um, what I was going to ask is, uh, have you seen, like in your experience of all the years that you've been doing this, uh, has there been a shift towards mobile in um, you know, the stuff that you're seeing?
0: Um, There's definitely been a shift just in terms, because I deal with a lot of e-commerce. So a lot of e-commerce people are buying online, buying through different apps. um, And I have clients that will sell through those apps, whether it's Amazon.com or or other ones. So there definitely is a shift. Me personally, I don't deal with app development. It's just not my background. Um, But I'm interested in working with future clients that do build apps as their source of business and kind of helping them be the support around it so that they can focus on what they're good at, which is building the apps, and my team can handle the other stuff.
1: Just out of curiosity, do you work with many podcasters?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't work with, I'm trying to think. I have about 120 clients right now. I I do have one. I have one guy, uh, the marketologist, marketologist um, who does different podcasts, and I do a lot with him with social media um, and stuff like that. But it's definitely something we're interested in doing. Anytime you're dealing with someone who's an expert, either at marketing or consulting, and we deal with a lot of different consultants, um, there's definitely a need to have those virtual assistants in place.
1: So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Nathan Hirsch. Now, let me just take a few minutes to thank our sponsor, toptal And Uh, TopTal are a network of the world's best developers and designers. These are people that have been rigorously vetted, and I mean rigorously. It's uh, actually a a vetting process that in fact uh, gets uh, a percentage of less than 3% of acceptance, which is actually harder to get into than uh, some of the top universities in America or the Navy SEALs. And so the vetting process is pretty tough, but what that means is that, uh, that anyone trying to join the Town network does actually go through this vetting process and it does set them apart because of the, the quality of talent within this network. Now at the same time as TopTile having the world's best network of the best developers and designers, they also have a hands-on matching process that helps you uh, get connected with the best individuals uh, from this TopTel network. Uh, so once you s- begin working with the individuals from TopTal, uh, then they, all, they actually have this um, backup uh, of a no-risk trial, and it could be up to two weeks in length. Uh, what they're simply doing is giving you the opportunity of working with an individual developer or an individual designer, and uh, they come on and work with you or your team and if you feel that there is anything missing from that working relationship, maybe they need, uh, you know, extra skills or something, then what, um, will happen is the top towel contact for you will, uh, simply, uh, basically pay the developer or designer for the time that you've worked together, uh, which is part of their up to two week, uh, no risk, uh, trial. And, uh, and, and they actually go ahead and try and get you the individual that does match your specific client needs uh, during this initial trial. So it, it's extremely good and uh, they are uh, very supportive of this show. So go and show your support and also go and find out about them by going to toptal.com forward slash Paul, P-A-U-L, toptal.com forward slash Paul. You'll show support for this show and also you'll uh, actually get uh, a good deal. Uh, And if you want me to introduce you to my insider, I'd be happy to do that as well. Just send me an email, paul at theappguy.co and I'll make a personal introduction to uh, the guys on the inside that can really help uh, you uh, go through the process. So toptal.com forward slash Paul. Thank you very much, Toptal for supporting this show. And also uh, Gummy Cube, they are uh, the world's best when it comes to app store optimization. And as I said at the start, they uh, do look at the data within the app stores uh, because actually most search queries in mobile do not match what you're searching when you go to your laptop, your desktop computer on the browser. So you really should be using data from the app stores and not from uh, browsers and uh, the other data that tends to float out there on the web. Um, So do do get uh, accurate mobile data, which is the key. And also uh, app store optimization is very important because uh, 63% of apps are discovered through app store search. As you can imagine, you just go to the app store search for what you think you need using a particular keyword and you're presented with a list. And as you know, uh, most people then pick some of the apps that are at the top of the list so uh what uh, gummy cube will do is they'll help you target the right keywords so to go to um find out more go gummycube.com g-u-m-m-i-c-u-b-e gummycube.com and thank you very much gummy cube for continuing to support the show so let's jump back in our into our interview now with nathan hirsch well nathan i I was the just kind of getting round to wondering, from your perspective, I think the way you've gone about sharing what you've built is amazing. The, the fact that you've grown this huge uh, e-commerce platform and, and now you're actually solving a need that you had yourself. Uh, it, it, I'm guessing that you funded all this stuff from your own revenue, from your own business. Is that the best thing to do, do you think, rather than take money from the, the bank or from VCs?
0: So I'm a big fan of staying out of debt and bootstrapping. Um, both my businesses were bootstrapping. My original Amazon business, I started with $20, um, and this business, same thing, I didn't really put much money into it. Um, so I'm a big fan of it, if you can do it. It's obviously not possible, depending on um, how much initial investment is needed to get off the ground, especially when you're dealing with app work. But I always recommend bootstrapping if you can, using your own funds if you can, because with businesses that are up and down, it really takes a little while before you see whether a business will be successful or not, whether it gains any traction. So before you make a huge investment that can put you in debt for the rest of your life, um, you want to get some kind of clarity of whether that business is going to be successful and what the opportunity and potential is. So for me, you always bootstrap until you can't bootstrap anymore. And the same thing goes for if you're going to get funding. If you're do, if you're making a lot of money and you're, um, and you're growing at a rapid pace and you can get by with bootstrapping without taking additional funding, without giving away your equity, to me, that's always a way to go until you can't do it anymore or until you get so big that the funding leads to something like going public or something bigger
1: right absolutely fascinating advice so in the, the finally then before we say goodbye to you Nathan finally uh, I I'm curious uh, what you know as you've uh, grown your e-commerce business and you're growing this outlet now I'm'm I'm, Going to suggest that those of uh, um, those of uh, the Appster tribe, listening to your advice, what would be the biggest single thing that you could advise them at this stage as they're starting out? Um, what would you, you suggest?
0: My biggest advice is to value your time. You only have a certain amount of time in the week. You don't want to live your entire life just working 100 hours a week. You have to allow time for personal um, friends, family, whatever it is, whatever you enjoy doing outside of work. Um, but know how much time you have a week to work and value that time. Make sure you're maximizing that time. Make sure you're spending that time on things that expand and grow your company rather than doing day-to-day or repetitive operations. And make sure you build a great team around you that can really allow you to do that because that's how the most successful entrepreneurs will grow and grow quickly.
1: That is great advice. Uh, and of course, um, anyone who uh, is interested in connecting with you can go to the theappguy.co and uh, it's episode 466 and there will be show notes with links to you. But in the meantime, how, how best can people reach out to you and connect?
0: Sure. So they're welcome to go through our website at freeup.com, F-R-E-E-U-P.com. Make sure you have three E's or you can email me directly at Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N at freeup.com.
1: Wonderful, Nathan. And also, I mean, I'm guessing that it's not just uh, clients who who may be excited about this, uh, but also uh, that you have an interview process as well for remote staff. Is that the same thing that they should do going through your uh, interview process?
0: Sure. You can apply online or you can email hr at freeup.com.
1: Wonderful. Nathan, thanks for um, this conversation. It was great. And for coming on to the Guide podcast and uh, all the best with the, the, the wonderful journey that you seem to be on.
0: Awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, let me just now acknowledge uh, the sad news that my dad passed away. As I mentioned at the start of this uh, podcast, he was uh, the inspiration for me getting into technology, my love and passion for technology. It was always, always about my dad and uh, his story started on the 12th of February, 1943, uh, where he was uh, born to a a father. who was a firefighter and they lived in a a village uh, within a bakehouse and they grew up uh, surrounded by a really extended family, lots of uh, aunts and Uh, He went to school, Uh, he was a terrific athlete at school. Uh, He started uh, actually working in a TV shop, which was his start uh, of um, a passion for technology and TVs, uh, which he actually had all throughout his life, ultimately ending um, uh, recently and uh, just before he died, he was still ordering TVs on the internet, uh, on his iPad. So um, it was uh, a wonderful life and uh, he did go through, I've got a lot of memories uh, which uh, I'm tempted to uh, you know, share uh, at the funeral. So uh, if you uh, are uh, interested, I uh, just thought I'd let you know that there will be a, a funeral for my uh, father Daniel Kemp who passed away on the 11th of June at 7pm UK. Uh, and so uh, a funeral to uh, honour his memory and as a tribute to his life Uh, That will be held on uh, the 20th of June, uh, Monday the 20th of June. Uh, Best to get there at 2.50pm and it's at Kettering Crematorium in the UK. Kettering Crematorium in the UK. And if you can't make it, then he is accepting donations. Uh, Donations are to uh, Cynthia Spencer Hospice uh, in Northampton under his name, Daniel Kemp. And uh, I'm sure that you could Google that to find out if you um, want to find out how to make a donation or just email me paul at theappguy.co and I'm sure I could pass you on the information to make a donation to his um, charity that actually did a wonderful job in his final six months of his life. So thank you, Daniel Kemp, my dad, for the wonderful memories and I will never forget you.